Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, privyet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have a great show for you today with a wonderful guest, scuba diver, dive instructor, and marine biologist, Gabby Lout joins the show. Gabby has long had a deep fondness for the oceans and aquatic life, and she knew at an early age that she wanted to pursue a career involving science and underwater environments. She is a member of the Global Hub Fellow Program at Arizona State University and is currently in Hawaii conducting research for her doctorate. On today's episode, Gabby shares with us her first underwater experiences and how that's not only influenced her career choice, but augmented her desire to learn more about marine ecosystems. Gabby shares with us some of her favorite dive locations and gives advice on how divers and other travelers can be more ecologically moral, ecologically conscious. And finally, Gabby shares with us how being a dive instructor has deepened her admiration and appreciation for diving. I love chatting with scuba divers because of the insatiable curiosity they have to explore. What's wonderful about Gabby is not only is she a recreational diver, but as an instructor and a marine biologist, she has a unique and well-rounded mindset that amplifies that curiosity. I love that the career she's pursuing is something that is filled with her own natural curiosity. And when she talks about her explorations underwater, you can hear the excitement in the voice and you can almost see the passion emanating from her spirit. Super fun conversation with Gabby. I know she's compounded my own personal desire to explore underwater. Thrilled for everyone to meet her. So let's go ahead and bring on diver, dive instructor, marine biologist, and most importantly, a fellow Arizona State Sun Devil. And let's learn. How does one fall in love with water if you're from Arizona? Yeah, um, always was around water growing up as a kid. Like my my mom's from the Dominican Republic, so she had a lot of family in Florida. And so summertimes always went to the beach. And I think it being so foreign in Arizona, like the beach was always this magical place to me. Um, yeah, and my, my grandpa was a big water guy. And so like as a kid, I remember being at the beach in Florida and being very obsessed with everything about it which obviously influenced me i think it's a great point that it's foreign and made it interesting it's the same like when i see all these pictures that people are posting now about the snow in their cities and they're like oh it's too cold and i'm just like oh my gosh it's fascinating i want to be there i want to be in the snow like yeah it still has its mystery yeah mystery is a good part of it you mentioned you had an interest in water because of the, the magical aspect of it but when did you first start exploring yeah so i mean i guess you could say officially exploring. Um, I got scuba certified, I think I was 18. Um, I know I had come back for a summer in my undergrad. I was in school for marine conservation. Um, and so I was getting into research, wanted to study coral reefs. And so came back home to Arizona of all places uh, and just like took the plunge and got scuba certified. And that summer, um, like June to August, I did as much training as possible and became like a a professional diver by the end of the summer. How has your life philosophy changed with all your time spent underwater? Because I know that one thing about diving is the importance of being calm, slower Mm -hmm. breathing, and you're also you there as an observer. And I know those are two things that once you experience that in in that realm that you are, it's probably changed your mind and changed your philosophy and just outlook on life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I... I think one of the biggest things is, and even for me now, like I'll take kind of these chunks where I'm not diving and not traveling and whatever, but I think for me, 
you're so small in the ocean. So not that I had like a, a false sense of my place in the world, but I think the more you explore and you see these amazing places, whether it's, you know, a lake in Arizona or, you know, you're at a, a bucket list dive site, I think it's, it's just this concept that you're so small and there's something so much bigger than you. Um, I think also for me, like, it's just, the ocean's very humbling in many ways. Um, like you do need to have that sense of humility. You do need to trust yourself and, you know, read the signs and listen to the ocean wherever you're at. And so I think, I think that was definitely like a bit of a turning point. And as I've gotten older, I think I've become more aware of how humbling the ocean can be and how vast and, you know, at times violent it can be, but also very calm. And so I think those two things are, are something that I, I always knew as a kid, but um, much more of like a spiritual experience getting into diving and spending the time. What were some of the things that, that you had never thought of before that once you really started appreciating it spiritually that, that changed? Yeah. I mean, I think it was the time. I think to spend time underwater, like you can go to the beach, you can swim in the ocean, everything and feel very connected. But I think just to have the time underwater and be in some of these really beautiful locations, it's you develop a much stronger connection. And so for me, like, I always knew I was going to be a marine biologist, like maybe since I was a kid and then very seriously as a teenager. And so once I started to pursue that, like, I always had a deep connection to the ocean, but I think diving was, it became more personal, much more tangible, um, something that you would never have gotten being outside of the water. Well, you mentioned it being tangible. I remember being in junior high and every girl wanted to be a marine biologist. And it was like the the most popular (laughs) job. And over time, I'm sure that it's harder if you're not located in ocean setting. So how did you continue to foster and and provide that the interest that you had? How did that continue while you were in high school and and before you actually were out in the water? Yeah, it's so true. Everybody wants to be a marine biologist. Everybody. No one even knows Uh, what it was, what they did. It was just a fancy word to say. Half the time, like you're figuring out as you go. Um, Yeah. So I think when I was in high school, like I wasn't diving, obviously I was in Arizona very much into nature, but, um, you know, I started to get really fascinated with like deep sea ecology and all these like very iconic ocean explorers. And so that's a little bit of what sparked my interest. And then as I was in high school, was always very much into academics, like knew I would pursue biology in some way. Like I committed to pursuing marine science. Uh, like as a career and it was very much one of those things like you said everybody said it but what do you actually do um and so it was a little bit foreign of course and even i think into my undergrad and even still you know until a couple years ago being very much like embedded in the field of marine science like yeah i I didn't know what it looked like i obviously thought it was like a much more glamorous field than it that it is obviously is one of the the coolest things but um Yeah, in Arizona, I think just, you know, how passionate I was about it and how interesting I thought the ocean was and and being so fascinated by something so, you know, mysterious like the deep sea is what kept my interest. But it was definitely a little bit challenging. I mean, I think even now, like being in Arizona and doing a PhD out there, like there's absolutely times where I feel very disconnected and it, it makes it hard when that's your work and what you're studying to feel so far from it. Um, but I think it's just such a, 
marine conservation is such a huge cause and it's such a passion I think for people that even if you're disconnected like it's very much at the core of who you are and your being so you're never you're never fully detached it's very much like a I always say it's like a vocation and a calling and the people who very much write it out and see it through it's it's a passionate group of people for sure how do you balance the the childlike excitement that you have for being underwater with the science aspects? Because I am curious in the sense of you're probably when you're underneath there, you're so excited to be underneath there that you do want to maybe touch and see things, but you also know as a scientist hands off. But then maybe the scientist yeah. part of your brain is like, well, I don't really care about this. I want to go focus on this part of coral. So I'm sure there's all kinds your brain is going on both different functions there. So how do you balance that? Yeah, I think I think when I first got into diving, it was very much that. Um like everything there was so much curiosity everything was new and it took me a while to you know see things several times and I actually dove for almost a year before I went to like a beautiful Caribbean reef um, and then I spent a lot of time there and so it's like I got used to where I was diving in Arizona doing training and then I you know progressed into this very beautiful spot um, and felt like I appreciated that progression more like I got there and and was so, um, yeah, was so appreciative versus somebody who just, you know, dives once and goes to a, a bucket list spot. But um, yeah, I think for me, I've, I've always, and it's still my approach, I think, in diving is like, I just am happy to be there. And everybody's very different in their style of diving. I think you have people who are really interested in the tiny things and you have people interested in the sharks and, and big animals like that. And for me, it's always just to be in the ecosystem, like to see the big picture, look at the dynamics and the relationships of the species and how things interact together. And I think um, that in a way is like, I always appear to be a calmer diver or somebody who's like a little bit hands off or like a little bit behind the group. And it's just to take in the big picture and and feel like I'm actually, you know, there and part of it. Um, yeah, just an observer, like a, a quiet observer um, on the reef, wherever I'm at. Which is the best type of person to be underwater. How did your experiences as a dive instructor change your philosophy on diving? Were there certain things that you learned as a teacher that you wish you would have known when you first started? Yeah. Um, and I became an instructor, like I just wanted to progress and, and get better skills and, and, you know, do more training and be the best I could. So becoming an instructor was never something I originally thought of. But as I got into diving, I, I did really enjoy learning more. And so I never really saw myself as a teacher, like even being in the field of marine science, like, you know, being faculty and, you know, in a university setting is such a sought after position. And for me, it was like, like I, that's just not my vibes and so becoming an instructor was always a little bit interesting to me um but i think i think for me you know you just learn about people like i've always been a little bit more of like the quiet person in my family always observing you know kind of picking up on these relationship dynamics between people um and so i think teaching diving has been really cool to just kind of like learn what makes people tick and start learning more about how people operate as humans in a very like I mean realistically like a vulnerable setting um and so it, it's been really cool like people trust you a lot you get to meet I mean similar to what you're doing you get to meet people from all walks of life and it's 
it's really cool to meet people who really don't know you and they trust you enough to, you know, learn something like this and being vulnerable with you. Um, and so honestly, I just think learning more about people is what's been kind of like a really interesting whole unexpected side bit of diving. Thus far, which of the locations that you have the strongest emotional hold on? Not necessarily your favorite, because I think that's an, mm. a cheesy question, but just the ones that you still emotionally think about or that you're tied to in some way. Yeah. I mean, emotionally tied to, without a doubt, is Lake Pleasant in Arizona. That's the first place I ever dove mm -hmm. and have spent, you know, the most hours underwater there and have had just some, you know, iconic time with friends and have done all my training there essentially. So I think that's probably the most special spot and maybe a bit unexpected, but I think a lot of the people who dive a lot in Lake Pleasant have a, you know, a, a strong attachment to it. Um, I would say another place is Bonaire. So that was, like I mentioned, the first kind of magical, pristine place I had been. And it's a beautiful island. People go there to dive almost exclusively. It's a marine protected area and it just these beautiful, calm, comfortable reefs. And I, I was lucky enough to live there for several months and do some research and kind of live the dream as like a young, early marine scientist. Um, so that place is special. I was like, I think where I developed most in conservation. And so I think from that perspective, um, I'm attached to there. Uh, and otherwise I would say Seattle. So I didn't do a ton of diving. So I did my undergrad. So very much just a student living in the city, but, um, it's a very, um, I don't know if like harsh is the right word, but it's maybe a place that people prefer not to dive. People don't necessarily love the cold water, but it is such a cool spot. I think very underrated from people around the world and, and that region of the world has just, you know, the giant Pacific octopus and these, these beautiful species. Um, and so the people who are willing to go and kind of deal with the cold and it's like a really eerie quietness when you're diving there. Um, yeah, it's a special place for sure. Yeah, and octopus, they're one of your favorite animals, I can tell, right? Yeah, 100% my favorite, yeah. <laughs> so which of the locations, both as an explorer, but also as a scientist, are the top of your list to explore? Yeah, um, I haven't been to, you know, too many of these, like, iconic places. I've been, been lucky to go to a lot of cool spots, but I think just as an explorer, uh, I guess two years ago now, went to the Red Sea. Um, with a, a big group of people um, from Arizona. We had this epic, you know, week plus long trip. And the Red Sea is obviously so, so different from the Caribbean and other places where I feel like I've, I've spent more time and understand a bit more. And so it was just a completely new ecosystem, new animals, um, new culture and everything around diving. So I think for me as an explorer, that was um, one of the coolest trips. And I think it's something all, it'll be hard to top that for sure. Um, and I think as a scientist, I mean, the Caribbean has been the spot that I've returned to very different times in my life and can be a bit overwhelming, um, to have gone someplace as like a very young scientist when, you know, environmentally our world was in a much better place and, and get into diving when climate change was not something we talked about on a daily basis and then to go back you know almost a decade later 
to a different island but the same region and to see reefs that you know are non-existent and almost completely dead and it's I don't know it's something I feel like I, I study so much so I know it so well but to you know go back and see it and have it be a place that you you know felt like you grew up in in a way um is really hard and, it, and it's something I you know some of these great early pioneer marine scientists mentioned just to go back and see the ocean changing is has been one of the the craziest things I think. Tell me about the Global Hub Fellow Program and what was your motivation being part of that? Yeah so um, right now in my PhD uh, my research focuses on small-scale fisheries um, but looking at the social dimensions of it so um, you know, accounting for the fact that humans exist in this big marine system. Um, and specifically, I'm looking at human and labor rights uh, and how we can better approach that and address it in fisheries management. So the hub uh, at ASU is just a way for, I guess, experts around ASU and, you know, other collaboratives they have in the field around human rights to come together and just have a spot to, you know, advance some of this very innovative work. Um, and so for me, there's not a whole large group of people working on human rights in the environment at ASU. Uh, and I would say even a smaller group focusing on that in relation to fisheries. And so I've had no formal training in human rights. My background is obviously very much, you know, natural science, ecology based. And so for me, the hub just appealed to me in like to have a spot where I can grow in that whole side and, and leverage, you know, some of the amazing people at ASU and beyond and then the great relationships they have there. And so um, the fellows program is just focused on grad students in a way to get their work out there, have mentorship um, and be a part of just this broader conversation that would otherwise be very difficult to find um, in the vastness of ASU. Very cool. Yeah. In what ways can divers, and you mentioned about the changes of climate change that you've been able to witness and other scientists have seen, in what ways can divers and other travelers be more ecologically, morally, and conscious? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're a diver, it's it's very shocking to me sometimes, which, I mean, you can't expect everybody to, to have a strong connection to the environment, but I think as a diver, like, to not feel connected and not feel like you have a responsibility and, you know, a hand in sustainability and things like that is always a little bit surprising to me. And so I think as a diver, like you're in the system, it's a place that you love, whether or not you feel very connected to sustainability or conservation, or even know any of these, you know, at times very confusing issues. It's like, you see it, you love it, that's your hobby, it's a passion, it's a way to connect with people and places. I think you have a hundred percent responsibility to protect it and at least be aware of it and you know if you don't know how to do that have a conversation with somebody or even just talk about diving like get others involved because you know I've, I've met people who get involved in diving and suddenly are you know so deep into marine conservation and, and they're teenagers with their families and that's what they want to pursue. So um, I think diving is just such a palatable way for people to feel connected to some of these, you know, really hard to deal with and at times depressing environmental issues. So what's next for you? What's what are the goals, projects, plans for 2021? Yeah, it's always a, a good question. Um, 
This is, I guess, a big year for me, just finishing research and kind of making my mark there and, and always trying to make a huge impact. Obviously, COVID has dramatically changed travel and diving, you know, these fun things, but also, you know, it's it's changed the way that my work looks and research and everything. And so um, I think for me is to just, you know, stick to it and, and make an impact how I can and make progress personally and professionally. Um, and also just to, I don't know, still try to explore and still try to be ready when, you know, the world changes and then be able to stay connected with people and places. And obviously I haven't been diving as, you know, as much as I think anybody would like to in the last year, but um, yeah, to just stay as connected with everything that's important. The next chance you get to dive, where would you like to be? Yeah. I mean, like next bucket list place, you know, the world was you know, perfect right now. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's a toss up. I think I would love to go back to the Caribbean. It seems very feasible and easy. It's it's always a, a, a nice place. But, you know, for thinking like, throw it out there, big bucket list. I think Raja Ampat in Indonesia is like on the top of everybody's list. It's pristine. It's beautiful to go there before, you know, things change. And, and it's always unexpected how that's going to progress. But um, that's been a place on my radar for several years. And as a marine conservationist, kind of a iconic um, there and uh you know i i think everybody i was supposed to go to antarctica last december and so i'm hoping that still happens in uh 2021 so wow. we'll see yeah. is that a science endeavor yeah or? so this would be this would be through school um really cool opportunity at asu and yeah. so um that's always been a place i've been trying to get to and you know, obviously it's become a little bit more accessible in the last several years cost wise and travel wise and so um yeah it got canceled very early covid days as it you know makes sense but um scheduled for december this year so we'll see wow well i'm looking forward to it how can people follow along your journey yeah um Obviously, you can check out uh, Global Human Rights Hub at ASU for, you know, to get more interested in that, some of these really big, important social issues. Personally, my Instagram, um, Gabs Lout, of course, always try to, you know, throw in some science in there as well as just my personal life. And then um, new to Twitter, but that's usually where I post anything about conservation. Um, and so that is at Gabrielle Lout. Thank you, and um, stay safe in Arizona. You stay safe in Hawaii. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Gabby. Be sure to give her a follow on Instagram to stay up to date with her explorations. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway Show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. Aviento.